The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Well, hello, Chadville, and happy Wednesday to you. It's Jalen Nye flying solo this afternoon. Andrew will join me back in studio tomorrow at 2. Tomorrow, Provincial Budget Day, we'll have full coverage of that before we turn things over to uh, the Oilers hockey game. As you know, the Oilers won last night 7-3 uh, against the Hurricanes. Uh, fun game to watch if you like a high-scoring game. They uh, take on the Senators tomorrow. The City Ford Faceoff show will get underway at 4 o'clock. Again, Budget day tomorrow, lots of coverage on that uh, throughout the day tomorrow. We'll keep you updated on what is happening there. On the show this afternoon, Grant Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy will join us for our monthly segment of Fit After 40. We're talking about arthritis today. So if you have any pain in your knees and your hips, you might want to stick around for that. At 2.30, we'll be chatting mental health. The first ever Momentum Health Awards are coming up uh, shortly. So we're going to uh, delve into that, um, you know, that long, as I put it, the long, slow march towards ending the stigma surrounding mental health. Also today, want to get into um, cell phones in the school. And the story that we've been following, we've, we told you about it a couple of months ago, and police were investigating these swarmings that were happening at LRT stations involving uh, numerous youngsters. Well, today, police arrested 32 young men between the ages of 13 and 18 uh, and have laid more than 460 charges in connection with this. Some of the video that the Edmonton Police Service has released Today is shocking, including one piece of video that shows a woman walking down the stairs. I think it's at the Belvedere uh, LRT and, a, and this kid coming up behind her and just booting her, like drop kicking her in the back. And she goes flying down the stairs. You'll be able to read the story and watch some of that video um, on our 630 Ched webpage and our 630 Ched Facebook page. So we'll get to that again. Andrew will be back tomorrow right now want to dig into this because it's been in the news this week and to be honest with you it has been a topic that I'm sure that when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, um, that it was batted around back then. So earlier this week, Canada's acting chief electoral officer suggested Parliament could slash should look at lowering the voting age to 16. Stéphane Perrault says it could boost Canadians' lifelong participation in the democratic process. And as you know, it is not the first time that this idea has been floated. So other countries, including Scotland and Austria, have already lowered the minimum voting age to 18. And uh, B.C. and Ontario both taking a look at the issue provincially. What do you think, Chadville? Text me your ideas, why you think it's a good idea or not, at 630-630. We'll get to uh, your comments after this interview. Right now, want to explore the idea more. Uh, we'd like to welcome Charlotte Cadell, the Deputy Chairperson of the Canadian Federation of Students. Hi, 
Charlotte. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for having us first. Or th- well, thanks for joining us first <laughs> off. Pleasure. I mean, that was a little confusing right off the top. Charlotte, what is the Canadian Federation of Students? We are the largest and oldest national organization. So the Canadian Federation of Students represents over 650,000 university and college students from oh. coast to coast. All righty. So kind of almost like a one big unified voice for students across the country. That's exactly right. Okay. So what um, what do you think about this? What What's the Federation's stance on, um, or thoughts, I guess, on, on the possibility of lowering the, the voting age to 16? Well, the Federation has been a long-time advocate for measures to increase student and youth engagement in electoral politics, and that includes lowering the voting age. We've recognized that post-secondary campuses are really hubs for engagement amongst students and youth who are often uh, first-time voters, and that's why we've participated in measures such as a pilot project with Elections Canada last federal Mm -hmm. election to set up on-campus polling stations. Uh, That saw really successful results, and we see secondary campuses having the same potential uh, to foster youth engagement in elections. And it sounds like that that uh, pilot project from the last election is going to be expanded in the the next federal election, you know, expanding to, to even more campuses. Yes, we are working with Elections Canada already. Last federal election, uh, we set up nearly 40 on-campus polling stations, and that alone resulted in an 18.3% increase in both youth voter turnout. That's mm-hmm. the highest increase in any voter demographic. This year, we're working with them to set up over 100 on-campus polling stations, so we look forward to seeing hopefully another jump in, in youth voter turnout. Yeah, you know what, Charlotte? Looking at those numbers, as you mentioned, it was uh, it was a big jump from 38.8% up to 57.1%, but still lower than the overall voter turnout at 68.3%. Um, what do you think needs to be done to, to get that number higher? I think there's a few issues at hand. One is, of course, access. And we saw the impact of making voting more accessible with that on-campus polling station pilot project. Youth and students are particularly transient population. Mm-hmm. They tend to, uh, you know, move addresses more, be less uh, reachable by traditional means. And that makes it harder for them to register to vote. Uh, but the other issue is that students and youth don't always see the issues that matter to us being prioritized at the political mm-hmm. level because of historic low voter turnout. Politicians tend to discount students and youth as an important voter base. But I think we see with this trend now of increasing student and youth engagement in electoral politics and widespread student engagement in political activism in many spheres, that it's really a mistake for politicians to be overlooking students. I, I, think, it'll be, I think it'll be interesting with this number, with this jump following the, or during the last, uh, the last uh, election and the, and the most recent numbers, what will happen if more young voters are engaged and more of the issues that are on the forefront to those those voters, what will happen to the the candidates and how they address, um, you know, their their platforms, the, the planks in their platforms, what it is that they decide, you know, is going to be a priority? Because as you said, traditionally, it's um, the, the youth voter um, ideas or concerns not really paid attention to, uh, more focusing on the older voters. How do you think that mm-hmm. will change? How do you think that would change uh, an election campaign? 
Well, I think we're already starting to see some recognition, some increased recognition of students and youth as a major political force. Most recently, uh, we saw the NDP adopt a policy for the elimination of tuition fees, and that's something that students united under the Canadian Federation of Students have called for for decades. Uh, And so that really marks to me a recognition of students and youth as a demographic that can no longer be ignored in electoral politics. And I think the more we're able to engage students and youth in voting, uh, and maybe actually increase that voter base, base by, by lowering the voting age, uh, it will ensure that political parties have no choice but but to be speaking to student and youth concerns. Uh, Charlotte, what do you say to those who say, no, 16 is simply too young, we don't need more uninformed voters? I think that's really unfair to 16-year-olds who are firstly already engaged in politics in multiple ways for, via uh, groups at school, via social justice movements, climate justice movements, uh, or even as part of kind of youth groups of political parties. But also we expect a lot of 16-year-olds already, you know, they can become licensed to drive, they can work, they can pay taxes on that work, uh, they can even enlist in the reserve forces of the military. And so I think it's a bit hypocritical to suggest that 16 year olds don't then have the capability of of being able to to choose their political leaders. You know, Charlotte, it's interesting. I'm looking at the text line um, coming in here, um, and it says, uh, the younger you are and the stupider you are, the more likely you are to vote liberal. Uh, Someone else says, uh, the kids shouldn't be voting. Uh, I remember being a teen and having dumb ideas of how the world works. Um, You know what? They probably just want to vote for legalizing weed, all that sort of stuff. Do you, does, do, do, do you, when you hear stuff like, when you hear comments like that, um, you just shake your head because, you know, hey, let's be real. When I was 16 years old, I'm going to be honest with you, Charlotte. When I was 16 years old, I probably didn't have very much interest in politics. I know for a fact I didn't have much interest in politics. Yeah, I was on students council at high school. I was the social convener and then I went on to be vice president, but it wasn't politics, politics and never got really interested in politics, probably well into my 20s. But not all young people are like that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see these things. Oh, these kids are eating Tide Pods like Come on, does it does does the does that overwhelming bias almost against young people just strike you as being completely unfair? I do think it's unfair. I think it raises a couple issues. One is the importance of strong civic education. And uh, I think there's some really exciting opportunities actually for uh, younger voters to to have that experience partnered with strong education in high schools about the voting process and about electoral politics. It's also the reason the Canadian Federation of Students is always during uh, active during election times telling students about voting, how to vote, recognizing that many post-secondary students still are first-time voters. Mm-hmm. And, and making sure they know what federal issues are relevant to them. But then the other point, I think, is that students are often very passionate about political issues, but they're not always seeing those uh, as relevant to electoral politics, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, politicians aren't prioritizing uh, speaking about issues that matter to students and youth or speaking in a way that resonates with students and youth. And so, again, there's the potential for groups like the Federation to play an important role in fostering student engagement in, in making that leap between issues that students care about, like anti-racism work, like climate justice work, like anti-sexualized violence work, and 
and governance at the federal level, uh, but also an opportunity for, for politicians to be speaking more to those issues. And you know what, Charlotte, I think sometimes it, it depends on, you know, maybe the family that you've grown up in as well. If, if your parents, if the adults in your lives are interested in politics and, and got out and voted every election, whether it was municipal, whether it was provincial, whether it was federal, whether you sat around at the kitchen table when you got to, you know, 15, 14, 15, 16, whatever age it was and starting having those conversations, um, I, I think that some some young people are just raised. Uh, well, we all know that children are raised in different environments. Uh, my my parents never talked to me about politics, but I can tell you that my husband and I have both had very long and in depth conversations with both of our with our boys um, about it, and they were very thrilled to go out and vote for the first time. You know, uh, when they were seventeen, it was eighteen years old, um, and but we were having these conversations at at a young age and I think that plays a role in it as well family upbringing I think it absolutely does. And I think this idea of lowering the voting age actually uh, has a the potential to kind of level out that experience. You know, if all students who are enrolled in, in high school, essentially all, all youth in Canada, uh, have the opportunity to be exposed to politics at that young age, mm-hmm. uh, then they, they all have the opportunity to learn about, learn about voting and learn about the ways in which electoral politics are engaging to them. And, you know, research does show that the younger you start voting, the more likely you are to form it as a strong habit and be a lifetime voter and be a lifetime civically engaged person. And I think that's one of the big things when you talk about the lifetime uh, voters is getting people started early and um, so they will continue to take part in that process in the years to come. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, When did you get interested in, in, uh, in, in voting? Were you always interested in politics, Charlotte? You know, I was not always interested in politics. I actually got interested myself uh, through working with the Canadian Federation mm-hmm. of Students. And at that time, uh, I was a student on my university and campus. I didn't consider myself particularly political when I started university, but I, I got really interested over my studies in advocating against sexual violence on mm-hmm. campus. And mm-hmm. what was so great about engaging with the Federation is I had the opportunity to attend uh, a National Consent Culture Forum uh, and and I was exposed to the ways in which issues I cared about were actually interconnected with many other social justice issues, equity issues, economic issues uh, across the country. And I think that the student movement has a really powerful role to play as a kind of instigator uh, of youth engagement. I'm also really inspired to see uh, students I work with coming into universities now with those passions already formed. Yeah, and, and that uh, has led you, it was you that I saw not too long ago have a, a sit-down conversation with the Prime Minister, wasn't it? I did. That was me, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, how did that come about? Well, that was shortly after he was elected, and uh, there was a uh, CBC uh, special uh, featuring Canadians chatting with Prime Minister Trudeau on issues that had been paramount in his election campaign. And we did see the Trudeau Liberals prioritize speaking to a younger demographic when they were elected Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in 2015. Uh, And so I was invited to ask questions, you know, about promises he had made in terms of increasing access to post-secondary education, ensuring uh, access 
access to equitable employment for for youth and graduates, uh, ensuring Indigenous access to post-secondary education uh, was certainly an exciting experience. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's uh, kind of a one-off. Doesn't matter where you sit. I think on uh, whatever wherever you sit on the political uh, realm, wherever you are, whether you're you know conservative NDP or you know uh, liberal, when you have a chance to sit down with with a prime minister and actually go over some of those some of those topics and the topics that are important to you. Um, yeah, that would be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care now. That's Charlotte Cadell joining us. She is the um, Deputy Chairperson of the Canadian Federation of Students. You can follow her at uh, Charlotte Ananda or at uh, CFS. F-C-E-E on Twitter. So I asked you, Chadville, what you think about this. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that I would have been ready to uh, cast a ballot at the age of 16 years of age, but I certainly know uh, young people in my life that uh, I would say are probably better informed than many adults around them. Um, and um, when it comes to adults, there's many adults out there that are probably just as uninformed as I was when I was 16 years of age. What do you think? And again, I know this topic has been floated over the years back and forth, but you know, some countries are making the change. As I, as I mentioned, Scotland and Austria have lowered the the minimum voting age uh, in British Columbia, looking at the issue provincially. Text me at 630-630. Give me a shout at 496-0063. We'll continue the conversation after this. Some of you are asking about our, our first guest, Charlotte Cadell's background. So just so you know, she has a, a dual English and psychology major from Mount St. Vincent University. She was the valedictorian there as well. She maintained the presidential scholarship throughout her uh, throughout her schooling. She's won many academic awards. Uh, she has been on the uh, school's board of governors, the women's representative with the Canadian Federation of Students, four-year ops manager for Fountain Place Centre. She's been a research assistant in the psych department. Um, yeah, so it goes on uh, quite a bit. But yeah, interesting, some of your comments uh, coming in here. And I'm not really surprised because I think a lot of us are thinking back to how we were when we were 16 years old. Or maybe you're looking at your kids and going, ah-ah. Um, this text says if they want to vote at 16, they better be prepared to be prosecuted as adults at 16. Uh, to vote, people should be required to pass a litmus test that ensures they understand a bare minimum about how government works. At the very least, they should be able to identify the three levels of government and who their local representatives are Yes, not just young people. I think bringing in 16-year-olds to vote will unevenly impact the number of people voting NDP and Liberal as they have a tendency to want to save the world without having experienced financial worries. Interesting point. Um, this one, so if we're lowering the voter age to 16, how much of those 16, 17, 18-year-olds are actually informed about what's going on in the political arena and how much of them are going to be influenced by their teachers being in school? and what they believe should be right in influencing the vote the way of a biased teacher. Um, Darren says, I noticed none of the issues that... uh that uh, Charlotte raised have anything to do with fiscal and economic responsibility. Typical. And this one from Melissa, no way on kids voting. My 16-year-old would probably end up voting like myself and his dad, as we do discuss politics a lot in our home. Uh, So, yeah, again, I'm not surprised by 
Uh, the text. Uh, Alex says, hey, Chad, one thing I don't agree with lowering the age to 16 is the tendency for youth to still be influenced by their parents. You might have voted NDP because of the household you're raised in, but you may be a conservative at heart, vice versa too, raised in a conservative household, but feel NDP. Parents may guilt trip you at that age. So do you really think that there is that much a difference between 16 and 18? I know a lot of 18-year-olds are still living at home. Maybe they're living at home but going to school. Maybe they're living at home but still being uh, financed for school for their parents, uh, from their parents. Uh, Allowing 16-year-olds to vote would be the same as ballot stuffing. It's a terrible idea, says this texter. Um, Keith says, your guest responses to meeting with the PM is exactly why the age limit should be left at 18. These kids will vote for anyone that promises them something for nothing. Free tuition, carbon tax rebates, gimme, gimme, gimme. Was it uh, Mr. Gross that stated his uh, kids voted NDP because they were promised dollars? I don't remember that conversation. Um, If you don't pay taxes, no vote. Uh, Dave says, if you haven't finished school and haven't paid taxes, forget about it. But yeah, Dave, there's all sorts of people that uh, haven't finished school and are voting. Someone says, don't bother sharing a differing listener opinion or anything. I think I'm doing that for the last 10 minutes, texter. Uh, Someone says, I'm afraid of who they might vote for is a poor argument. I agree with you on that one. It's 2.30. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.